today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Anticipation. Raymond, we are on the precipice. It's kind of weird because we didn't have preseason, but now we are about to start the NFL season. First of all, for me, it feels like it was literally 10 minutes ago that this thing just ended. How about you? Does it feel long? For me, this felt faster than any offseason before. And I want to I want to know what your take is. If you feel the same way, or are you like, no, this just was took forever. Felt like a really short training camp for sure. And without preseason, I think I understand that they negotiated this, but you know the rookies miss out on um, you know four crucial games to really help them acclimate to the speed um, and tempo you know of of the NFL. So that's a shame for them. But I mean, it is what it is. This is what they negotiated for. They NFLPA you know, said that this is what they wanted. So that's what they got. Um, from a fan perspective, you know, I sympathize. I'm really thinking for the rookies, you know, even I don't really enjoy preseason, but I do watch preseason because I'm excited because I watch it because I'm like, hey, let's get the rookies polished, get them a little bit of polish. You know, sometimes, you know, preseason only helps so much. It's the real game live stuff that's really going to help them get acclimated you know and and there is some poly we have some players on this team that have some polishing issues which we'll talk about but but yeah it was definitely a it felt like a very brief off season to me didn't feel like the methodical it feels more methodical you know but it, it uh not the case this year even though there's no preseason the whole month of august was spent doing training camp <laughs> Yeah, it was it was definitely weird, definitely weird. Uh, um, but I'm glad football's back. And this episode, we're going to be focused on not only the 49ers coming back, but a weird, weird month for the San Francisco Giants. And we're going to talk a little bit about what this August looked like. One of the weirder months I can think back to for uh, Giants baseball history. But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can always like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can always follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, everywhere that podcast can be found. We are syndicated to all platforms now. So be sure to subscribe to The Goldcast and on YouTube if you want to talk to us and engage in conversation, because there's certainly a lot to talk about today. Uh, YouTube is the best place for that, or Twitter, or uh, Instagram, or some of the other uh, platforms too. But YouTube seems to be where most of our fans congregate to to do that outside of you know personal DMs that we get about uh, 49er news and sports news in general. So like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly like to hear from you, and we certainly want to get your feedback on everything that we talk about today. Absolutely, Raymond. And why don't you let them know where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis One. You'll see the Twitter handles there. You should see them. So uh, be sure to reach out. Let me know. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I at I am Rudy Third. I am Rudy Three R D. Somebody owns Rudy Three. Someone owns I am Rudy Three. So that's weird. Oh, I thought that was just something you chose. So you, no, you had no. to write that because some, there's another Rudy three out there. Yeah. I was like, what You're are the, the odds? Real, I'm the real Rudy three. But anyways, that's all right. Uh, we have a big episode for you today. Uh, as we already mentioned, we are going to get into it. We, without further ado, the greatest 
fanalist in the game. He's in the building. Your professor of fanalism. He's here too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! All right, Ray. Let's start first with our boys in the black and orange, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, first of all, welcome back. It's been a while. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Welcome back to you, too. Thank you very much. We uh, Ray was gone on uh, on some birthday shenanigans, and uh, we our schedules were a little funky, so we decided to come back right here as the NFL season is about to begin. But so as you guys know, we uh, we go pretty hard body karate for these uh, the NFL season, so we are going right similar to the team. There wasn't even a preseason, baby. We're just going right into it, and we are here. So, Raymond, let's talk up. Let's catch up. Those a lot has happened in the month that we were gone. A lot happened in the month of August, and there is um, so much to talk about. Starting first with the Giants. The Giants, uh, what a month it's been. They lost six games in a row at the beginning of the month, and this they lost it in several several of them. I believe it was at least three in a row where they lost it in the ninth inning with a three-run or more lead. And this ended up sparking a little bit of controversy on the national sports betting uh, circuit there as sports bettors were accusing the Giants of purposefully tanking. There were some videos of Hunter Pence and Hunter Pence making poor decisions in the outfield. He he got DFA'd too. I mean, exactly right. I mean that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that too. So then, then there was uh, questionable calls about closing pitchers and and who we were putting out there, and there there came to be this idea and this rumor that the 49ers were purposely tanking the Giants. The Giants. Mean. I'm sorry. The Giants were purposely tanking games, but but beyond that, the problem with that is that was followed by a six game losing streak was immediately followed by a seven game win streak. That was followed up by two horrific losses to the Dodgers. Then a third loss in a row to the Arizona Diamondbacks, only for us to come back and take the final two games and win that series. I initially, the the overarching thought at the beginning of the month, which is totally what a better would think, I was like, this is such what a better would think, was that the Giants were tanking games to win bets, which doesn't make any sense. Like, that's, <laughs> it's what? illegal. Yeah, it's highly <laughs> illegal. And I was like, of course, that's what a better would think. That's why, why Pete Rose is not in the league in, or in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was sitting there going, okay, hold on. Let's 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 think about this. What I had initially told you, and we talked about this off air, was that I thought the Giants maybe were actually not necessarily – they weren't tanking to, to, uh, to, to win sports bets. What they were doing was tanking to get a high draft pick. Because if you think about it, at the time there was only about forty games left in the season. Now there's you know a little bit under thirty now, but there was about forty games left in the season, and it it made sense. It's like well, if this was a regular season, the Giants would have about hundred and forty games left. But right now they only have forty games left to get a top a, a a top draft pick. But that draft pick's value is exactly the same this year 
whether it's a 140 game season or 40 games, like like a 40 games left or 140 games left. It's the same exact value for the pick. In fact, the pick's even higher because you have to play so many less games to get the same quality player. So it almost made sense to me that maybe the Giants were trying to tank. But then we go on, we, we rattle off seven games in a row, lose lose the series to the Dodgers, then, then win one to the Diamondbacks. For me, Raymond, I think it's safe to say I don't think the Giants are tanking. I think they're just a young team that's hovering around 500. What do you say about the Giants' weird month of August? It was a weird month. I mean, I will say that. It was It was literally we flip-flopped back and forth, you know, pretty intensely. What do you say, Raymond, to these accusations that they were purposely losing games and uh, their subsequent uh, fairly successful win streak that was followed immediately followed their losing streak? I never really bought into the tanky narrative because uh, that was that's not that's not far that's not the Farhan style that's not the Farhan formula and that's not Gabe Kapler style either and I believe um, I want to even say there was I have a vague recollection of Gabe Kapler saying that that was something that was you know not on the table or that they were going to compete regardless of you know what talent was on the team that they were going to do their best to compete. Um, I could be wrong. I could be mistaking, you know, because I know uh, that's also John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's, uh, you know, uh, mantra. I know that that was what John Lynch said because he knew that he was inheriting a, a bad team when he took over for GM and said that, hey, no matter who we bring into the building, we're going to compete, which is exactly what we got in those first two seasons. But I digress. The Giants, I never... I was never on board with that because the national writers are the national writers. The national writers are not... They're not, you know in the dugout, so to speak, uh, in the Giants, the same way our beat writers are. And that was not, that came out before the beat writers, you know, the beat writers didn't put anything out like that. That was a national thing. And then when we won seven in a row, I said, in my head, I was like, you guys still think we're tanking? You know, does a tanking team win seven straight? You, no. It's either that, it's like the most choreographed tanking show ever made, you know, which is impossible to do in a sport of baseball so to me this is just a mediocre team it's a 500 team in a weird season that you know i i'm already i'm already kind of turned off by the the shortened season because it's just not just not used to it if this is what baseball always was it'd be a different story but the fact that we're playing such a shortened season it's a fraction of what it usually is it just to me it just doesn't seem doesn't seem legitimate to me you know uh but um, at the, the the one thing that's kind of cool is that uh, you can kind of hear the players more in the microphones. So you can hear when they get frustrated. A lot of F-bombs and cursing. They curse that is, so much more than is, you realize. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we all knew that was happening. We, you just can't hear it over the li- live crowd noise. And the, 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 the fictitious crowd noise that's fed into the game as it is now. Because when, when you watch the game, you do hear it. You do hear the crowd. And you get a sense, like, you, you do kind of get that feel a little bit. But then, like... Then all of a sudden they strike out or they get out and you can hear them get up and you can hear the curse echo through through the whole stadium. So uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I do like that rawness of it because it's uh, these are national live games and they can't really can't bleep that stuff out unless you were to play like, you know, like a huge delay in the game to, to replay that. But uh, that's not happening. So I, I like that part of it. I'm curious how that's going to tie into football because football is way more crass than baseball is uh, with all the action happening, play in and play out and 11 on 11 versus nine 
nine defensive players trying to get one out per you know per or three outs per inning they only face one uh, player uh, at a time so uh, it, it'll be interesting uh, to see how that plays out but that's probably that's probably the only thing I like about baseball this season is all the cursing that's allowed now I can hear it like yeah, get those f bombs out there. Yeah, see that frustration. Yeah, say it, say it, let it out. Break that bat. I want to see someone break a bat and curse at the same time. That's what I want to see. You know, like uh, like Major League with Charlie Sheen when the when the or is it the sequel when Tanaka breaks the bat over his head. Yeah, you son of a. Bat. Yeah, and that I mean, guys have broken bats before. That's pretty cool, but it'd be kind of cool to see it in this particular setting. But uh, but again, I uh, I have to digress just because I haven't watched. I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of games. It's been hard to catch the games uh, with my schedule. That's one thing. And then number two, I haven't been too motivated for this season because I think, it, I did, like I said before, I just think it's a little odd uh, for my taste. And uh, and I know the Giants are not in it. Uh, you know, I, I know they're not going to be in it, even with the shortened season. Um, there was a there was a small hint to me in the beginning that maybe thought, you know, perhaps they have a shot. They have a shot with uh, because they have so few games, and so if they are able to get some, even even shitty teams in baseball have, you know little streaks here and there of winning games. And so you, I feel like you, we just saw one for the giants. Exactly. And, and you know, exactly to my point, you know, case in point, the giants just got one too. So if they were to put two or three more of those together, um, then they might have a shot. But to me, I just think we're going to get more of the same out of them this year. I think you're probably right. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm the only person from San Francisco still watching the San Francisco Giants right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoy them. I think this has been a real, it's been the most fun, I've had in a regular season, uh, a regular Giants season in a long, long time, and I am seeing the the skeleton being built that will one day, hopefully, lead us back to another World Series ring. So I, I we, you know, it reminds me of Shanahan's first year. It's not pretty. We have holes all over the place, but there's fight. There's moxie. I would say this team is. Uh, better than Shanahan's first year back. I mean, that, that that team had been really, really gutted when Shanahan took over the 49ers. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, they didn't win uh, won their first game. They've lost nine straight and then won yeah. a game. So and the Giants are not that bad, but they do. They're but, they're, but they are, you know, subpar, you know, mediocre. I would say they're similar to, like, the Arizona Cardinals from last year, right? Like, like uh, they, they got some fight to them. There's, there's some potential, but they're not quite ready to, to they really do, take They do, but, they, yeah, they can't close out games. Uh, pitching's inconsistent. They've got some veterans that need to go. Hunter Pence is playing so darn, so damn bad that they had to put him in triple-A ball. Um, so, and, and you know, Dave Kapler's first season, a new manager, there's just a lot of new parts. There's a lot of there's there's old parts that don't no longer work as well as they used to, mm-hmm. and there's new parts that are acclimating into the machine and 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 getting getting oiled up, you know, to to get optimal. But it's hard for those pieces to optimize when they're working with older cogs, you know. So until those older cogs come out and we can exchange them for new fresh cogs, then we'll see, you know, a gelling start to happen. But outside of that, we just kind of have to hope that some of the younger guys can like, you know, at least gather some before the team is able to gel together. We have to hope that some of the younger guys are at least getting that playing time in and they're, they're getting development time. So there is that, you know, and, and I was uh, excited for I, I'm excited for them to bring up some of the young guns there because there's some pretty good prospects that I think Giants fans should all be excited about. And I'm excited to see some of them, particularly on the offensive side of things. But pitching is definitely a, a sore point on this team. 
The pitching definitely needs work. This is definitely not your granddaddy's uh, San Francisco Giants. You know, remember back in the day, you know, we won games, you know, one, three to one, you know, as a common one, uh, two, zero, one, zero. These guys put up some big bats. They put up some big numbers, five, six, seven, nine runs sometimes. But man, they allow five, six, seven, nine runs sometimes. Exactly, so, exactly. You know, it's, so. it's, 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 it's tough go. But give them a shot. This is what we're saying, Goldcast. Yeah, Give them a watch shot. them. Watch them. Although, if you if you want to see, I mean, in my humble humble opinion, though, I, I know think where the, you're going. I the most exciting baseball that's happening right now is over in Oakland. Woo! That is a hot, talented young baseball team. And if anyone's got a shot this year, the A's have got a legit shot. I'm, I'm tearing the studio down. <laughs> Sorry. I get so upset uh, when I hear about the, the Oakland teams, yeah, but they're one of the, the best teams. Really one of the best teams in baseball right they're now. One top of the three. Best teams in baseball. I, I look forward to seeing A's Yankees in uh, in the. Uh, Those are always good games. A's Yankees yeah. are good games. A's Boston are, are great games. A's Angels are terrific yeah. games. Yeah, I look forward to them seeing each other in the playoffs. That'll be very interesting. That you're right. You're right. But damn it, you better watch those San Francisco Giants. I swear to God. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's move on. Raymond, this is uh, there's some good news and then there's some bad news with our 49ers. First of all, mostly bad. Let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about think about it. Let's talk about how pumped we are. Cause I'm pumped. This is a revenge season, baby. They they you know Shanahan has shown them they have they have had to watch that game again. They've had to watch that footage again. They've had to see that footage. Oh man, that would. Oh, re- that would. I refuse to watch it. I'll watch every game last year except that game. You know, I remember when we did? So if you if you haven't checked it, listen deep down. It's a, it's a one of our for for our listeners on YouTube. It's a non-video. It's audio only, but it's still worth going to see. And if you don't want to see it on there, then listen to it on Spotify. We did an episode where we did a several part episode where we just did a deep dive into the entire 49ers season. It was super dope and well worth well worth the listen so check that out if you haven't done it we did one of our gold dives which is for those for our new audience members a gold dives is when we do these deep dives into old episodes we actually got a request ray for a gold dive that uh you and i need to look at a little bit later off air we we got a request for okay a specific cool. gold dive yeah we have a, someone requested a game from us and we will we need to take a look at it and then if we can find that game we will deliver that game for you so we did not see that game. In fact, uh, the unofficial fourth member of the Gold Cast, Rudy Solis Jr., our father, he said he finally watched the Super Bowl again. Ugh. So it's like, why would God, you? God, that do sounds that so to gross. That sounds so intense. Apparently, what he said was that the game, uh, he was really shocked because pretty much the Niners had the game. And we're in control for all the way up until about the last seven minutes. And then it just really kind of collapsed. And then it just went haywire in the final minutes of the game. But he's like, but if he goes, if you turn that game off midway through the fourth, you're like, the Niners got this. This is a wrap. But uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. But this leads into now our revenge season. 
So, Raymond, let's start with some of the bad first because this is, has not been without its share of injuries. Shanahan said in one of his press conferences uh, that he expected without preseason games, uh, he expected there to be a larger influx of soft tissue injuries, which is what we've been seeing. Not major injuries, but contusions, sprains, bruises, things like that. Yeah. And well, the, 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 only, the only major injury was to the one wide receiver that I was most excited to see play the one I've been talking about for uh, uh, over a year now um, since we drafted him. And that's unfortunately Jalen Hurd, who was the first major domino to fall uh, during training camp. And that actually created a, a small miniature domino effect of minor injuries that you're talking about now. Yeah, no, when I heard Jalen Hurd, I was like, no, it was a Darth Vader. No, the Darth Vader, Revenge of the Sith, no. I was so sad that Jalen Hurd, like you, I was like, man, this might be one of my Dark Horse fantasy picks. Final round of the season. Grab me some Jalen Hurd. I was very bummed out. Very bummed out. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was quite the bummer that Jalen Hurd went down. Um but, yeah, a lot of soft tissue injuries. But then our man right behind me, our boy, Fred Warner. Unfortunately, Fred Warner, let's see if I can move so you can see this. He got placed on the COVID pup list. Yeah, he's on the COVID list now. Mr. Fred Warner. Well, our first player to uh, be diagnosed since July when the guy, some, uh, an undisclosed uh, – Three undisclosed 49ers were placed on COVID in July and uh, while, while they were training in Jersey. So now homeboy here, Mr. Fred Warner, gets it and uh, looks like he most likely will not play week one. Um, this is something I think we need to be ready for. This is something that we're going to see a lot of as the season moves on. And uh, we're, uh, you know, this isn't the first time, Raymond. It's not going to be the last. Thoughts on... Fred Warner going down with COVID. First of all, I hope he's safe. I hope he doesn't, you know, pass it along to anybody with pre-consisting conditions in his family, and I hope his family's safe. That's the first thing I want to say. But uh, I want to pass it over to you, Raymond, and what are your thoughts on Fred Warner getting COVID? Well, I think it's interesting that uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't go into detail about it. Uh, the mm -hmm. protocol in the NFL is very discreet, so they don't say, you know, just like some of the guys that got it before him, there wasn't much said on that. They just said that even if you're around somebody who has it, um, you can get put on that list. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have it. Could mean that you are around someone who had it. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's a, it's a little broad in order to, as a precaution. So, and I'm okay with that. But the problem is that if we're missing week one and we don't have our starting middle linebacker, the one who's basically quarterbacking. The linebackers and the defense that's not good that's not good for an up-and-coming team in Arizona that's gonna be you know what many people believe to be very explosive on the offensive side of the ball so that that um that's gonna give Arizona a leg up you know I expect that game to be I don't want to get you know too deep into the into that contest but I expect it to be very similar to the two games that we saw in 2019 but uh, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more next week but um, but that's uh, it's not good in terms of of who it is. You know, it maybe if it was like one of the corners 
or a backup or something uh, that would have been an easier pill to swallow but fred warner is a big piece so thankfully it's not you know super detrimental at least from early the initial reports that we're seeing online about him so uh, he'll be back most likely week two but uh he'll he'll definitely seems like he'll miss week one although that hasn't been confirmed um it has not been confirmed it has not yeah let's let's make sure that i am not reporting that yeah they didn't they didn't rule that out but but if yeah but if he's but if he doesn't play then expect that to impact Arizona's chances in that, or effectiveness in that game because that's the middle of the field. Because uh, remember, Fred Warner can stop the run, he can rush the quarterback, and he can drop in coverage. That's how versatile he is, which is why he's in the position he's in. So not having him on the field does hurt. Although Quan Alexander is healthy and is playing excellent football right now, he he unseated Dre Greenlaw and earned his starting position back as a result. And, and, and by the way, Quan Alexander can do all the same things that Fred Warner can do. So thank God he's there. But even if Dre Greenlaw has to step in, this is still the guy who secured the pick and almost beat Seattle the first time we played them in overtime. So Dre Greenlaw is no slouch either. And Dre Greenlaw also has the stop too. So uh, again, this is someone that Final I Final play I feel, of the 100 season. I feel pretty good about Dre Greenlaw's chances if he has to go in there and play. He's he's a he's a he's a good player. He's around great players. He's around great coaching and he's only getting better. So it's not necessarily a terrible thing if Dre Greenlaw's not in there, but you do want to see you know, the best of the best in their positions, in their rightful position. So we'll just have to keep monitoring it and see what happens. Yeah, we will. And so, like I said, hopefully he's safe. Hopefully family's safe. I'm sure they are. Uh, I really do strongly believe that the Niners are doing, um, working really hard to keep all these protocols in place. One of the other big battles, Raymond, that I thought was pretty cool that came out of this past month with, with the 49ers is obviously they were saying the big battle uh, that kept happening day to day was Trent Williams versus Nick Bosa. And they kept talking about how uh, Trent Williams was saying he thinks Nick Bosa really has a shot at Defensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa kept saying how it's incredibly difficult to get past Trent Williams. Very, very difficult. And that what he does um, is at the same level of Joe Staley and is um, it just is just different. He's like he's just I'm seeing even new things that I didn't see from Staley, and he feels that the quality has stayed the same. How excited are you for that side of the field? Uh, because I'm telling you right now, I expect a lot of good things out of Nick Bosa, and I expect Jimmy G to be really short up on that end as well. So where do you stand on the Trent Trent Nick Bosa season two, Trent Williams season one? Well, I feel like, and this is no offense to Joe Staley. But I feel like we got an upgrade at left tackle. I mean, Jill Staley's a six-time Pro Bowler. Trent Williams a seven-time Pro Bowler. And Trent Williams is just a smidge. He's just a smidge better. You know, he's got a little little extra polish in there that is a little bit better than Joe Staley. Well, he's younger, opinion, too. In my opinion. And he's younger. And, you know, he, he, he was uh, – Trent Williams became great earlier than Joe Staley did. Um, Joe Staley really came into his own once Jim Harbaugh got there, and he is, was already a veteran by that point. But I think that Trent Williams covering Jimmy G's blind side, you couldn't ask for a better player, a seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle guarding Jimmy G's blind side. There's not going to be a lot of people that are going to get into Jimmy G by surprise this season as long as Trent Williams is on that left side. And that's only going to help someone like Nick Bosa who – Let's let's face it. Came into the league polished like a pro and yeah. played like a pro and went to a mm-hmm. Pro Bowl. 
uh, as a result in his first season, and he's only going to get better. This is how the Bosa's play, both of them. They're very polished, extremely sound technique, great hands, great length, great speed, good burst. You know, so this is we're going to get more of Nick Bosa. So and a lot of those times in those plays when he couldn't get to his spot, now he's going to start winning some of those matchups and finishing more often than he did last year. And last year he was good enough to finish with nine sacks and a bunch of TFLs and all and fumbles and, and interceptions. So, you know, that all those numbers, I expect those numbers to go up. I do as well. And I am very excited to see both these guys on the field. I think this team is coming in locked and loaded. I think the teams that are going to do the best this season are the ones that have established systems, that have uh, established veterans, that guys who understand what this team, what their team does, understands the system, understands the philosophies, and is able to execute those at the highest level. And I can't think of any team that does that better in the NFC right now than the 49ers. Other teams that are going to be close but no cigar will be Seattle, of course, New Orleans, of course. I'm curious to see what Tampa does. Tampa Bay does not really fit that system. But if you get you get a quarterback in there that doesn't throw 30 interceptions or matches 30 touchdowns, that team's probably a lot better. So they weren't that far off from being successful either, although I still think the Saints take that, uh, that, that division. But I don't want to get too far into this, but I do want to promote Raymond. Next week, next week, we deliver our season predictions this is one of my favorite episodes of the year we do this every year raymond and i will sit down with you and we will go week by week game by game and deliver to you what we believe is going to happen last year we had this infamous episode that uh we called it the lost episode raymond predicted 11 wins i thought he was insane i predicted what four Four or five? Four or five. That turned out to be... I don't know. Be... Fact check us, uh, Goldcast Nation. Yeah, that, that <laughs> turned out to be insane. <laughs> um, uh, Raymond's sounded insane, ended up being closer to correct. Mine sounded correct, ended up being insane. So that's how it flipped over. But we, uh, it's really a fun episode, so tune into that. That will be... We will record that next Monday. We'll be recording that episode. Yep. So get ready. Game by game. We will predict for you what right. we think is going to happen. And, Raymond, I, I just want to ask you one final question before we go. This is very important. Is this the revenge season? I believe so. And that's – that's. I understand that people are concerned with the injuries that happen. You know, Jalen Hurd going down. Then we let go of Jerron Brown, who we signed from Seattle, and then released him. Then we signed J.J. Nelson, uh, who was a top uh, draft pick out of uh, uh, Arizona, I believe it was. And uh, he's still young. He's 27. Then he got injured. He's got a knee injury, so he'll be down for a, a while. Then we picked up Kevin White from Chicago, another top draft. That guy's even younger. He's 26. He's only been in the league for three years. And then we also picked up Tavon Austin uh, out of St. Louis, uh, the Rams. So we got a, a rival there, although he did. He, he, had, he was much more productive in L.A., and his last two seasons were with Dallas, and he didn't really do much. But he's got great speed. He's explosive. He's a, he's a downhill threat. So it'll be nice to have another Marquise Goodwin-esque type of guy there with great speed, good hands. You know, he'll be, I, I expect him to be a long ball threat. We don't know what Pettis is going to be this year. And we know that uh, Trent Taylor is probably going to secure the, the, uh, the slot position there, and he's been having a pretty good camp. 
um, one of the things that uh, stuck out to me, and I, I still think that this is the revenge season, but, uh, you know, Javon Kinlaw is unpolished and is having a horrible camp. He's been getting beat by, you know, third string and, and, and below. And, uh, and because first and second string were not have not been playing and he's admitted this. So, you know, to me, he's kind of we can compare him to a Solomon Thomas to an Eric Armstead. But we know what so Eric, far so far. so far. But we know what Eric Armstead has become under the Kyle Shanahan regime. And we know that Solomon Thomas has been having a great camp. Um, he's been having an excellent camp and, camp- and Dante Pettis. Yeah, and Dante Pettis has been playing better. So, and sometimes it helps that other injuries are down, so you get more reps. So sometimes that helps. You know, it's like any other sport: a guy goes down, you get your shot. Football is the same way, just like baseball, just like basketball. A guy sometimes you need a guy to get. You need a guy's. Sometimes, in order to get fortune, another guy needs to, you know, uh, hit some misfortune, and then you get a shot. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, Dante Pettis he's got a chance to shine. On the offensive side, I'm not really worried about the running backs. I'm just curious to see what Jarek McKinnon's going to do because he's been healthy this time. He's positive. He's He looks great. He's been working out of the, the one-two spot with Raheem Mostert, who's looking to you know pick up where he left off as a dominant, terrific read runner, um, the the best read runner we've got. And don't forget about Tevin Coleman. He's still there too. So we don't Matt Breida, the cheetah's not there, but Jarek McKinnon is back. And so we'll see how much... Uh, how much pep in, in his step was lost, if at all. If, if he can be anything of what he was supposed to be, then, you know, the 49ers are in good hands in the running game. But but I think defensively is really where, you know, obviously there's a, a little bit of a void to fill with DeForest Buckner's departure, but DJ Jones has been having a great camp. Contavious uh, Street has been doing great. Salman Thomas has been great. So there's a rotation of pieces that can help fill in where DeForest Buckner you know, was was doing on his own, but we've got the depth to fill that position. And, and Javon Kinlaw is just going to have to learn as he goes, and you know, kind of he's a rough around the edges right now. But that's all right. He kind of got by on his size and 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 athleticism, but now he's going to have to polish up that technique and catch up. And you know, having guys like like Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa and D Ford there to help him get that polish, it, it's just going to speed up his 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 product is a uh, his growth. You know, if this was a shitty team, that would take longer. But a better team, you know, all good pieces around you, you're just going to get better faster. That's usually how it works. Well, so, we're but, definitely but, rooting for him, too. I really yeah. want to see him succeed. I really want to see him succeed. Yes, I want absolutely. To see the so, so don't don't be don't um, don't get discouraged by the injuries that are happening right now. I know, like, what was it? Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, Kyle Juszczyk, Brandon Ayuk, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Ben Garland, Trent Williams, all did not participate in, uh, I mean, I'm hurt. I'm hurt just talking about it. In practice today, that that's today. You know, so that's today. All those guys. Uh, Trent Williams taking a veteran day. Nick Bosa's got a muscle strain. We know that. Fred Warner's in protocol. Dre Greenlaw's dealing with a con- with a concussion. He should be ready by next week. Uh, Ross Dwelly, Kyle Uzcheck, they'll be ready. Brandon Ayuk's dealing with an injury, rookie stuff. You know, D Ford. You, he's he's gonna have a, a reoccurring. It's not it's not the injury that he was dealing with. But, you know, still something that he needs to work out. He'll be ready to go. Ben Garland's going to be ready. All these guys are going to be ready, with the exception of Fred Warner's kind of the wild card there. And Debo. We'll see. We'll see. And, and Debo will not be there. Well, he's not on this list. This is just who mispracticed today. Um, but, um, you know, this team, the revenge season is real. It's it's going to happen. I, I do believe that they're going to – I just feel like the focus is there. 
That's what I remember. We're we're in the dugout, so to speak, of the Niners. We're in there. We are listening to Matt Mayoko on the daily. We're listening to Greg Papa on the daily. John Lund, those guys over there. You know, they're they're and the players. I mean, even the players all on the press conferences, everything. Yeah, and the players. Yeah, listening to the interviews and the post in the post practice press conference. Everyone just kind of seems locked in. They're they're all you know preaching the the Kyle Shanahan John Lynch you know mo so the it's it's business as usual there if fred warner goes down it humbles everybody realizes that hey we're still not out of this pandemic mess but uh the show must go on and on it will go i think that pretty much sums it up raymond i think we're ready to go we'll be back we're gonna be recording our next episode this thursday with more niners giants bay area sports That's right what a time to be alive. It is a, totally. a crazy year, and it, but it is about to ramp up with the number mm-hmm. one team, the bread and butter of the gold cast, the San Francisco 49ers. It's why you're here. It's why we're here. So let's go. And congratulations. We, we missed, uh, we missed the, uh, the celebration of George Kittle's contract signing, so just want to give a quick shout-out to George. Uh, congratulations on breaking the bank. We all knew that that's what needed to be done in order to do it. I thought the number was going to be 15, somewhere 15, between 15 and 17. And sure enough, uh, 15 million is the number they landed on. So they landed right where I thought they would uh, with George Kittle. So congratulations to him and that big contract. That is a that is a monkey off all of our shoulders as fans because we certainly certainly wanted him to to get that taken care of. And that's where uh, that's where my background comes from. Uh, just a little shout out today. We didn't get to talk about it much when it happened uh, in real time, but uh, we certainly were paying attention uh, when it did drop. So seventy-five million. Hey, welcome to the big boy table. Absolutely. I'll just have one. Just give me one. Yeah. I'm not asking for much. Just one. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Boys of the Bay. I'm your host Rudy Sousa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast. <laughs>